recruiting cyberspace and welcome to episode 146 of the double density podcast with your host brian angelo double density your home to tech tales and paranormal perhaps the first things first angelo let me tell you about a special place of hell that i've recently encountered please so i uh as i think i've mentioned on the show before i live in a smallish apartment with my wife and i uh collect comic books right so not the actual comic books themselves but i collect trades which put together several um issues uh, of a specific comic book usually like six to eight to ten or whatever and uh recently decided i'm I'm not going to read these again so i decided to take pictures and put them up on facebook marketplace which was a, a huge mistake well this is why i told you to get rid of facebook a long time ago you partially did it but then you continue to use it. Yes. So let me explain to you. I think we talked about this the last time I was in between jobs. I was giving away stuff for free and uh, did not work out so well. This time I decided to put a price tag uh, to these comic books. And uh, I had a very particular issue happen to me. And it's not something that you necessarily encounter. But um, the, the Facebook marketplace buyers who decided to buy from me were of a questionable character. Uh, one of them was a self-described, and this is literally quoting from their Facebook profile, white conservative Christian Canadian who uh, oh, great. believed that the media was lying to them and that uh, masks were a trap, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The other one I don't really want to get into because they may listen to this podcast, but let me say um, uh, a certain uh, societal movement uh, to eradicate uh, their jobs has recently happened. What kind of jobs are you talking about, Brian? Let's put it this way. Uh, what causes the most problems in society for uh, people of color these days? That's all I'm going to say. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, of course, me not being savvy enough, I didn't check their profiles before agreeing to uh, sell uh, my books to them. Um, so my question to you is this, like how much does uh, moral character uh, matter in terms of when you decide to buy or sell something from someone? I, I would kind of ignore them. I wouldn't want to sell anything to them. The thing is, I agreed. I'm a man of my word, right? So I decided to do uh, something a little humorous, uh, a little kind of middle finger to them. I am donating part of the money I make to Black Lives Matter uh, Toronto. Oh, great. You know, because uh, why not? If I'm going to be taking from these people, might as well make sure that it ends up um, in a worthwhile sort of way, uh, generally speaking, to sort of like balance things out. I can't believe you came across these types of people though, just by trying to sell comic books. I was very, very surprised. Uh, this is Did not, the guy wear a mask? Oh, I haven't sold them yet. I'm going tomorrow. Okay. So uh, just tell him to make sure he wears a mask. Do you want to tell our, our listeners about all the troubles we've had trying to ep- uh, record episode 146? <laughs> uh, you didn't feel well. I lost power. It was the weekend. Now we're here. Yeah, it's been over a week we've tried to record this episode. You're feeling better. Let's start with that. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. I think I was just really tired. There was a lot of stuff. And then uh, I was away for a few days. And then when we came back, I was ready to record. And uh, you lost power. What? 10 minutes before we started recording? Yeah, like basically a half hour. I only texted you 10 minutes before because I was hoping in the interim between 1 and 1.30 on Friday that power would be restored and that we'd be able to do this episode. But now here we are. Uh, so the episode, this episode might be up late and might not depending on how quickly I get it edited. But uh, if not, uh, we have, uh, the thing is, is our tech section, there's really not much to talk about in terms of tech right now. There's not a lot going on. Late July, early August, usually kind of slow for tech, wouldn't you say? Uh, traditional means of tech, yes. So the first thing I know that you want to talk about is that the iPhones may be a little late, a little more late than usual uh, this year, um, given kind of obvious circumstances. Yeah, the the everything's kind of behind pace right now. Uh, China did open up uh, earlier than uh, North America, but the United States is still a bit of a mess. So uh, everything's kind of late. And apparently it's going to be late 2020 that the iPhones launch. Not that I'm in dire need of a new iPhone. People love getting their iPhones in September, October, so I'm sure there's going to be lots of sad faces out there. 
some people really, really look into the uh, desire to have a new phone ASAP. One good thing, though, is uh, Apple's back-to-school special this year is that you get a set of AirPods if you buy a new Mac. So, And also the iPads, I think, too. That, that's a really good deal. I definitely agree that uh, it can be a great deal if you're in the market for a brand new number of um, uh, you know, Apple products all at once. Well, yes, but I mean, look, let's say you want to get a Mac, which you're kind of in the market for, you get free set of AirPods with it. Although then you'd have three sets of AirPods. And we are not a house that needs a lot of those, right? But you can go on Facebook Marketplace and sell them. <laughs> I, uh, I'm definitely not opening that door up, Angelo, uh, now and forever. I did uh, sell a bunch of movies a couple years ago, and that was also a disaster, too. People, in that case, were doing the more traditional kinds of gripes I have about Facebook Marketplace, which is more so, uh, you know, trying to lowball me when they're already at the door and me not having any change, so they have to sort of, like, fork over the full amount. That'll happen anywhere you sell anything, though. No, I know, I know. And, like, I, I'm used to the haggling online beforehand, and then the agreed upon price is fine. Just take out a classified ad in a newspaper. Remember those things? definitely do that i remember uh, as a kid i just i used to read those um to be amused to see what was being bought and sold you'd actually have like pretty much nobody under 50 replying to you um and then they'd be like why do i need an airpod what's an airpod yeah it's uh it's to protect you from a virus yeah exactly it's like that uh, usb dongle that you can get uh to protect you from 5g Double density. now speaking about uh, things that no one under 50 would care about or get uh let's talk about something very interesting that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a treasure trove of a leak of nintendo information uh i guess the biggest part of that was the discovery of the off rumored but never um proved idea that there was supposed to be a luigi and mario 64 I think most people over 50 wouldn't care about this. People under 50 would. You think so? I think uh, it'd be a mixture of people. I just meant more like nostalgic. Well, most, most people that played uh, Mario 64 are younger than me. Oh, fair enough. So I misspoke. And I'm, You're and right. I'm not 50. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's stick to the, the point here, Angelo. The best thing ever is that they discovered a Luigi character model from Mario 64. That would have been amazing. It's kind of sad that back in the day, poor Luigi didn't get his own uh, part in that game, really. Was Luigi even in that game? No, he wasn't. That's the whole point is that uh, it was often rumored, but never proven. I like Luigi. I've so always been see, a fan of the underdog. Did you also and he see, was my favorite character in uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, really? Yeah, I like the way seeing his little legs go flying when he jumped. For me, I loved passing uh, through uh, stages really quickly. So for me, it was all about the, uh, the princess. Yes, because, uh, yeah, you know what? I think it was a tie. Uh, Mario and, uh, the, um, and Toad, not the best characters in that game. Toad had that weird running kind of thing. And he could pick up stuff real fast. Exactly, yeah. So what do you really think? Do you think this leak was illegal? It's pretty certain that it was, right? I mean, this leak is by definition illegal, but I do think that like, uh, moralistically, I think the question you want to ask, um, according to the Verge article here, uh, is whether or not, uh, morally speaking, uh, archivists have a right to look at that info, and I say yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we were wondering, should history always be made available? And I think in this case, it's a good thing. Um, too bad the way it was done is sort of illegal, but... Nintendo is such a secretive company. We love to talk about secretive companies, right? Nintendo, Apple, they're our favorites. Yeah, well, your employer Or is that, should we not talk about that? This We're week? not talking okay, about Okay, so we'll, could you remove that before we forget? I'll uh, redact it. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I do agree that we do love talking about secret companies, whether it's uh, in the tech or the uh, paranormal side of things. And uh, a lot of really interesting information got leaked. So I think to me, the defining factor is would, would a leak or you know a disclosure of this information hinder Nintendo's ability to make money? And the absolute answer is like, no, it, this does not hurt a company. 
You know what this proves uh, in terms of our paranormal tendencies? Uh, that stuff usually comes out no matter what you do to be protective of it. So, so a company as secretive as Nintendo, information comes out. And uh, between you and I, I think Nintendo is likely more likely to be able to keep a secret than any government. Yes, I do agree. Uh, there is loyalty there that a lot of people don't have uh, to their own governments. And we're going to talk about loyalty later on um, in this episode. Uh, just pivoting very quickly, I don't know if you got to see the evolution of uh, Yoshi's design for Super Mario World, a.k.a. Uh, Super Mario uh, Brothers 4, right? Originally, as it was known when it was on kiosks and things like that. Do you remember those, like the mall kiosks or the Toys yes. R Us kiosks? Yes. Yeah, everybody's excited about Super Mario Brothers 4. We were looking forward to it when Super Mario Bros. 3 came out. Uh, the, everybody's uncle in, uh, that worked at Nintendo had it on the schoolyard uh, playground. It's uh, really, really true. Um, and here we are all, all these years later, things being discovered, right? Including things leading up um, into uh, Ocarina of Time, as I was saying before, Super Mario 64, Pokemon Diamond, uh, Animal Crossing. A lot of weird stuff, like a whole other character in, in Animal Crossing, a weird looking Yoshi. Things could have gone in a totally different way. There's a timeline out there where Nintendo is a totally different company. Uh, yeah, I definitely do agree. Also a weird hockey RPG, which actually as a Canadian, I'm here for, I guess, by definition. I'm not sure. I just don't understand where Nintendo had the idea for a hockey RPG. There's uh, Hockey's not exactly a big thing in Japan. No, if anything, it would be a baseball one, right? Yes, that makes a lot of, a lot more sense than a hockey one. Um, it, it is nice to get this new insight on old games um, or, or what could have been, uh, for example, the hockey RPG. Somebody's got to go out there and make one now. Well, I'm a huge fan of these things. I think you and I have talked about, uh, a bit before about uh, how we like to read about movies that never have been made or albums that have been chilled for various reasons, right? Yeah, stuff that gets stuck in development hell. Yes, exactly. Uh, two infamous words uh, that uh, have doomed many a creative project, right? Well, like the famous Ghostbusters 3 that uh, we were actually supposed to get now, uh, a sequel to Ghostbusters, but uh, is that going to come out anytime soon? No, no. I mean, there's also like uh, the permutations of that, right? Like the Ghostbusters in hell, like Bill Murray wanting to die at the beginning of the movie, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, but well, I mean, there is a Ghostbusters movie coming out. It's just not coming out yet because of, uh, of the, the pandemic, right? Exactly, yes. With Paul Rudd. I like Ant-Man. He is uh, an amazing actor. Uh, you know, all of these different decades of uh, film have had him grace their presences. And how appropriate. He was in a Nintendo commercial. He was. I completely forgot about that. Yes. This is, uh, this is how we make uh, circles close <laughs> on double density. But yeah, uh, coming back to the league at hand... Uh, which is not something I get to say every day, but uh, you know, here we are. Uh, I do find this information uh, rather interesting. And as I was saying before, I do feel like the value of this information outweighs the financial gain that Nintendo could have made because as you were saying, this is what could have been, not will, will be, right? So I think it'd be one thing if, um, you know, the next console after the Switch, let's say like a year from now in their prod cycle, uh, you know, that information gets leaked. That is one thing and also a huge problem. But now we're also just looking at, you know, 30 years of history. Well, this has me excited at the prospect of Nintendo coming out with a, a newer Mario compilation. So, for example, with uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and the Galaxy games, if they would include the Luigi model in the Mario 64 game, that'd be pretty cool. Well, it's just like the SNES Classic and the more or less completed Star Fox 2 um, game, right? Yes. Nobody really found out they were going to do that, although people had played the Star Fox 2 ROM. It was pretty much complete. Do you think that this is Russia's doing? Oh, maybe. They came after you last week. They came after me last week. Yeah, and uh, they're going after Nintendo. Big <laughs> targets. 
<laughs> yeah, I love being in the same boat as uh, the Nintendo Corporation. Just warms me. And the U.S. elections. Yeah. Uh, all, <laughs> all together. Uh, don't forget to mail your ballot on July. Double density. Was there anything surprising about this leak? Was there anything interesting that you were happy to learn about? For me, it was definitely Luigi because um, having visited um, a lot of different forums in the past, I do know that the Luigi character in Mario 64 was sort of like the uh, a huge kind of idea of that. And like um, there was like a, a Triforce, uh, a Photoshop Triforce uh, inside of Ocarina of Time, which I know doesn't exist, but uh, that also made the rounds. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I didn't notice that, uh, but yes, the Luigi thing did make me happy. The other thing that really caught me by surprise is something you mentioned earlier, is the hockey RPG. Would you play it? Would you give it a try? Yes. Yeah, I I remember in the early days of the iPhone, there was a um, a video game making RPG. You know what I'm talking about? Well, there was one on, on the PC like 20 years ago. Yeah, no, this is more recent, and I forgot what it's called, but you basically would uh, be in charge of a game company. Okay. It was kind of fun. And uh, I, I like RPGs that are not fantasy-based and more real-world-based. Those are really fun to do. You just want to be a business manager. Yeah, I want to be, a, for example, a roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> are you one of those people who play that uh, when you're younger and just removed certain guardrails and stuff and just watched your roller coasters fly uh, into the answer? I, 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 I never played Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I did uh, like to trap Sims in uh, rooms without doors. Oh, my sister uh, loved, I think I've covered this many a time, but my sister also loved removing the ladder from the pool. Yes, that was fun. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they would die. Uh, so here you are, uh, a father now. If you caught your kids doing that, uh, what would you tell them? That would be, that would be kind of uh, strange to catch like a, a six-year-old doing that. I, I, I would understand it from like a teenager, an angsty teenager. But uh, a six-year-old uh, maybe get tested for uh, psychopathy. Yeah, I was about to say, is like, that the right word? Is either that the way psychopathy or sociopathy? Sociopathy. Sociopathy. Wow, we're really uh, on a roll here. What about apothecary? <laughs> yeah, definitely get him tested for that too. Don't forget to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in a historical perspective. Uh, you know, with everything that, that leaked out in the so-called giggle leak. Um, you know, this is kind of more uh, my style then, uh, do you remember like the, the famous nudes leak of a couple of years ago? That's <laughs> happening. I was like, I hope you thought bringing up the nudes leak, but yes, you're bringing that up. Yeah. That is, that is very much not your style. No. Uh, Which, so I much prefer, uh, uh, you know, I'll leave with actual relevant information. You're never nude, right, Brian? Yeah. I'm, I'm rocking a pair of my, uh, cutoff jeans right now. It is boiling hot in this room that I'm podcasting in. It is uncomfortable and maybe Angelo, I will see you at the convention. But before that, let's head on over to the tech section and uh, hang out and then sit for a minute. And then when we're done sitting in our discomfort, we then head over to the paranormal section. That was a roundabout way of saying that, but I'll see you in the paranormal section. It's the legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ghana are pretty bad. Octorox Tech Tech's Libras too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link, yeah, get Zelda. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So uh, let's talk about a topic du jour, Angel. Let's talk about something that's been on a lot of people's minds, and that is the reboot of the Unsolved Mysteries franchise. So before we talk about the episode that we're, uh, you know, uh, going to be mentioning today, let us talk a bit about the revival of the show itself, its aesthetics, etc., because you and I both have thoughts on that. Well, I only watched the one episode we, we decided to watch, which is the obviously the UFO one. And something that was off-putting to me is that there's no host. 
Right. So I think that's one of the many things um, that is a uh, different. I feel like not having a host as well as uh, focusing my big gripe, I think, is the focusing on one episode, uh, one case per episode. Right. Whereas like, um, you know, classic Unsolved Mysteries used to get like like three to five segments per episode. So I don't know if it was like a budgetary reason as to why they decided to restrict that or whatever. But I do feel like the more in-depth episodic nature of it kind of uh, uh, makes it bland and sort of uh, like any other like any type of uh, one hour show. Right. Yeah, and what, it was a 45-minute episode, 40-minute episode? Yeah, so they they range between 40 and an hour. And the one we watched, I would say, was 25 minutes of filler. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory there that didn't uh, need to be there as well as a lot of a follow-up from there, too. So we watched, the, of course, the Berkshire's UFO episode all about a September uh, 1969 incident that happened uh, near the Berkshire Mountains, uh, right? Yes, it's in in a county of Massachusetts, the only thing I have that this episode has going for it is that it's a case I've never heard of. Yeah, it was a really interesting case that has a bunch of witnesses, including sort of like the, I don't want to use the word mascot, but perhaps spokesperson Tom Reed, right? Mascot, yes. He was wearing a giant rubber head. <laughs> Dancing around a bunch. It's a case that's really um, common where there's people with missing time uh, waking up in a different position than you were when you... Uh, I guess, do you say remember losing time? I mean, the last thing you remember is one thing and then you wake up. Well, noting the missing time, I guess, would be the yes. better way of saying it. Honestly, I had a hard time following the episode because they jumped from person to person. They gave each person way too much backstory. The one that I found the most interesting was the uh, family in the car where the mother and grandmother switched seats. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I do they, agree with the, that. I guess the aliens figured the elder of the group would be driving. Uh, as if, uh, do you think aliens know what driving is all about? They pilot uh, spaceships, so I guess they kind of know what like driving's about. Yeah, but is it really like a human centric and selfish to think that like they operate in the same manner that we do? Like, what if their uh, system of of flight is like different than ours in terms of like panels and uh, some kind of cosmic steering wheel, etc.? If Star Trek has taught me anything, it's uh, that uh, most aliens are, are humanoid and similar in flying uh, apparatus. Oh, of course, and not just cheap prosthetics and uh, different kinds of, of body makeup. Right, right, right. They probably have no idea what these things that are roll- rolling around are anyway. They're, I, I guess they realize it's transportation. Probably on their planet, they have horses. Space horses. <laughs> Cosmic horses. With dolphins. Uh, coming back to Berkshire's UFO episode. So Tom Reed, nine, nine years old at the time, uh, recounting things, right? And um, one of the things I think he mentions, or I read that, and uh, some of the research I was doing is that he passed a polygraph test, um, I think about 10 years ago. Yeah, and he mentions it in the Unsolved Mysteries Okay, I can't remember, because it, it, it's all kind of jumbled in my mind now as like one big um, body of of research that I did. Yeah, I do agree with you. The episode was uh, quite long. I much prefer the original Unsolved Mysteries version of doing uh, something that was like centered more so on the event itself and less about the person, though. Yeah, okay, sure. Like the the backgrounds and things are super interesting, but uh, is it relevant to a lot of the, the story? And I, I'd say no. I think, as you were saying, it's a lot of padding, right? Yeah, they really should have had a host. Uh, that that really is a, a missing piece. Um, also, they should have made it less boring. <laughs> uh, uh, noted. Also, they should have made uh, those cheesier, uh, really bad CGI uh, renderings of like uh, a reenactment. If you were going to remake Unsolved Mysteries, uh, would you have done it this way? No, like I said, I would make it more classic. You do three to five segments per hour long episode and sort of like let the um, segment itself and the event itself sort of like speak to you versus giving a lot of backstory. Um, I... Even like I watched the first episode and I watched the fourth and fifth and... Oh, you've watched a few. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And are any of them 
better than this one? I think so, because um, in a lot of cases of the missing people one, it does feel like they're building uh, up clues to to a case to point to different theories, right? So at least there, there's more of a, um, um, I don't want to use it this way, but like almost like a whodunit aspect. Okay, because there really was nothing in this. It just kind of, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, that other series on Netflix called Haunted? Yes, I agree with that. Uh, right, which is also excruciatingly boring. Sorry, I apologize to any fans of that. Uh, but if you have comments on how to make that show more enjoyable uh, as I watch it, and I've given it ample opportunities, um, send me uh, uh, an email or a letter. By a letter, please. yes. Fax you. I'll, uh, to yes. anyone who wants Angel's fax number, please uh, DM me on Twitter. At Brian Hasty, I'll definitely uh, send that your way. But yeah, coming back to uh, the Berkshire's UFO case, um, Tom Reed, nine, nine years old, um, uh, not necessarily a super reliable witness, right? No, and he's the one who seems to have had other UFO uh, encounters. Yeah, so he had a couple, he had two before and then more after, I think. And he's interested in UFOs. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a kind of chicken in the egg question, right? Yeah, it, again, it, it reminds me of that haunted episode where uh, the the person who who the story was about, uh, like, is a paranormal podcaster and has like uh, a website about paranormal stuff, and another one is a writer of horror movies and sci-fi. I mean, come on, they <laughs> that that show is super uh, made up in my mind. Oh, you think so? Uh, yes, uh, like for example, the one that everybody kind of brings up is that episode where. Uh, there's like a serial killer in upstate New York that had killed like 60 people and we've never heard of oh, this. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. I remember I was talking about that on the episode that we, uh, yes. we covered Haunted on. Yes. Netflix, I feel, dropped the ball with this. They're not doing a good job with the whole paranormal reality type no. genre. No, nor Netflix. do they have to, right? As long as it gets some views. And I feel like they, uh, the production company behind the New Unsolved Mysteries has kind of traded um, uh, the uh, notoriety of the uh, namesake. Um, you know, but can you really replace Robert Stack? No, you can't. They tried with Dennis Frieda. Didn't work out. He was okay. He was better than nothing. The majority of paranormal shows don't interest me at all. They're usually pretty crappy. And you'd actually get more information by just looking up the case online than or listening to some of the very good paranormal podcasts out there. Most of these paranormal shows on usually on any or history or whatever um, are not the best. And Netflix is not improving. Or TLC the, in some on, cases, which is very confusing. Oh, TLC. Yeah, the learning channel. Exactly. What are you learning? We're not quite sure. Let us move uh, from a, a, rods. a classic about rods. UFO case to something a little bit more uh, of the times. And it is a, a scientific research into a area of study that you and I love talking about. So I linked you to um, a study from Plaus One, which is a medical journal uh, by David Robert Grimes, who is a University of Oxford researcher. And this is entitled, Angela, on the viability of conspirational beliefs. Now, uh, I did not read the whole article because it is very academic. Um, but the gist of it is how easily a uh, conspiracy kind of falls apart if you actually look into it. Yeah, and they kind of give some interesting stats, right? So the idea of uh, how many people are involved in any given um, cover-up versus how long it's going to take to get out and things like that, right? Yes, uh, exactly. And um, you actually brought me to this via a uh, Today I Learned Reddit thread. Yes. Um, and they, a lot of the comments there concentrate on the moon landing and how uh, moon landing hoax believers, is that the way you would say sure. that? Moon, moon deniers, let's put it that way. Moon deniers, yeah, are uh, easily uh, shut down because it would have, that, that whole thing would have failed so quickly based on the 
uh, would you say algorithm that uh, this? Yeah, um, I mean the the yeah, or sort of like the the mathematical equation that they used to sort of come up with uh, how long uh, it would take for uh, a conspiracy to uh, be undone, be broken, be public knowledge, right? So uh, yes. some of the more interesting stats in here, uh, like you're saying, the moon landing hoax. So peak NASA employment in 1965, uh, NASA employed 411,000 people. So is there any way that for almost half a million people will be able to cover up a uh, moon landing and then also have Stanley Kubrick do it? Uh, let me play the role of the conspiracy theorist here and say, of course, not four, 411,000 people knew about it. It was only a select few that knew about it. Right. But you, when you're given the practical applications of everything that went on there in terms of the engineering as well as the actual building of uh, the rockets and things like that, it kind of becomes a little bit more difficult to overcome. Of course. Even though maybe not 411,000 people knew about it, uh, there's way more than like two people that knew about this thing. So it would have been very hard to keep under under wraps if it was not an actual event. Yeah. Uh, other things that the also you can test it, right? Yes. Like didn't they? Isn't there like a mirror on the moon or something? <laughs> yeah. Also, they were able to check using you know telescopes and things like that. And uh, as many people in the comment section of the Reddit thread were saying, the uh, Soviets at the time were looking, looking to discredit the United States and all of this, right? So had they faked a moon landing, it would have been really easy to come out. Well, yeah, of course. So the spies. It was. It was like the 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 prime time Cold War. So they would have done their best to make sure that uh, the U.S. came out looking like fools. Exactly. Have you watched uh, For All Mankind, the show on Apple TV? No, I have not. Um, pretty good. It approaches the moon landing if the Russians made it there first. Interesting. I may have to check that out. But yeah, uh, it's actually very good. Similarly, they have 405,000 uh, people uh, are employed by different um, academic and uh, scientific organizations uh, with regards to climate change fraud. So almost half a million people there. Um, and then, well, the uh, emails, Brian, did you not ever see the emails? I screwed up. Yes. Yes, it's the emails. It's always the emails. Yeah. Them, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> it's always emails. No matter what. It's always the email. And then they also looked at the peak staff numbers for the eight top pharmaceutical companies when it uh, came to suppressing a cancer cure, and that number added up to 714,000 people. They didn't talk about my favorite, though, Flat Earthers. No, no. So but Because I guess that one's so dumb yeah. that uh, it's just uh, how many people would have to uh, keep it to themselves? Uh, Seven billion? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So getting into a couple of different things. So using the scientific analysis they've done, uh, exposing the moon landing hoax would have taken uh, 3.68 years. That's So we would have known about it in the 70s. Exactly. Also, similarly, climate change fraud, if just the scientists were involved in this conspiracy, would have taken uh, 26.77 years to come out. But in the climate change fraud scenario, if we include all of the different scientific bodies, then it only would have been 3.7 years before it was revealed as a true hoax. And it is, right? It is. Look, the earth isn't getting warm. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm very. Uh, I have a. I, have, I don't know, Angela. Having lived through July 2020 and how hot it's been, let's uh, let's discuss that, right? Are they suppressing a COVID 19 cure? Well, of course, there's a vaccination conspiracy, but that's more so about getting your kids vaccinated, right? So, a vaccination conspiracy. If only the CDC and the uh, the WHO were involved, that would take about 35 years to come out. But if the vaccination conspiracy included the drug companies, that'd be 3.15 years. Similarly, if the drug companies were suppressing a cancer cure, it would come out in about 3.17 years. Brian, explain to me what a British rock band has to do with this. <laughs> they also I was holding that joke. I had to. And now there's only two surviving members. They've also used things like um, the NSA Prism Project, the Tuskegee uh, Syphilis Experiment of the 
40s, 50s, 60s, and early 70s, as well as the mid-90s FBI forensic scandal, which um, had problems with, uh, you know, uh, uh, chain of uh, custody of evidence, chain of evidence, as well as uh, evidence integrity issues, in the, you know, for most of the 90s. So they kind of uh, listed off uh, how long it took to expose uh in different ways. And so they, they used real world models in order to better account for their, for their findings. There's one conspiracy I feel is missing from the world right now. What is it? I'm scared to ask, but go ahead. No, you'll like this. It's the simulation conspiracy. Oh, the holographic universe. Yeah. We don't really hear too much about the actual world being a simulation. I've been watching Westworld lately and uh, the third season kind of delves into the simulation thing. It's interesting to think that we could be in a simulation. Do you think there's any chance that that's the case? I don't know. Sometimes I like to, to muse and think about that and ruminate, you know, I uh, up my cannabis intake by 6,000% and then sit there on the couch. <laughs> Great. I'm sure your wife loves that. Oh, you think I'm doing that alone? Interesting. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, you know, sharp minds, almost straight edge. Uh, yeah, I do give it some thought. I uh, have read a little bit about that, whether or not every single movement I've ever done is predetermined by an algorithm or some kind of computer running my life. I don't know. Well, uh, I would take uh, several years to find out according to this. Now, so this, if this was, that was a simulation, this article is a simulation about a simulation? Correct, yes. So uh, unearthing the conspiracy of the simulation um, by uh, the participants of the simulation themselves, right? So uh, I guess holographic uh, universe, uh, you know, uh, reality is a simulation. Uh, A lot of Matrix vibes going on here, right? Yeah. Now, did you look at the comments on uh, this conspiracy article? Uh, The reader comments themselves? Yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, mathematical flaws, probably flawed, uh, of well, course, they bring up uh, something like the Manhattan Project, right? But uh, uh, that only stayed secret for a couple of years. So I don't yeah. know if that counts or not. You're never going to make anybody happy when you start talking about conspiracies because the people that are so quickly to uh, to attack you are the conspiracy theorists, right? Uh, they, You give them a bone to chew on, they're going to chew on it. <laughs> Yeah. Quote of the day, Brian. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a, a whole thread here on the article itself all about how uh, the Christian resurrection conspiracy, so the idea that this article supports the idea of uh, Jesus dying and, and being resurrected. Kind of interesting. Uh, this article supports that? Uh, according to one of these people, right? And then the uh, competing interest declared uh, by username Skillful, uh, I am a practicing Christian. I felt it should be stated. Conspiracies... And the theorists behind them never cease to amaze me. I agree. Uh, and in this case, like a, a large portion of um, the idea of, you know, conspiratorial belief is that there are living witnesses. It's a little bit hard to uh, talk about something that happened in theory uh, two millennia ago, right? Yes. Do you feel right now, because of the situation we're living through, it's prime conspiracy breeding territory. Yeah, of course. Of course. I have watched the degradation of uh, a lot of different people. Um, uh, uh, thankfully, not through my own Facebook feed or Twitter feed, but through the screen caps and other um, sort of archival materials taken uh, by others who have had to deal with uh, loved ones sort of uh, going off. Right now, just look. The mask stuff. People are losing it about this. And, it's, and they keep pointing to the fact that, oh, they said we didn't need it before. Yes, and the science changed. I feel like we're talking right? about this I last was, episode. I too. was firmly in the camp of listening to those people saying we didn't need them. I'm like, oh, we don't need masks. It's fine. We just wash our hands and stuff. And then we realized, no, we can use masks. And guess what I said, Brian? We should use masks. We should. Because that's what the science said. Isn't that crazy? I changed my Weird. mind. Yeah, based on evidence presented. I do feel like this is something that we bring up every episode these days, though. Yeah. So maybe we should start a conspiracy. We're, we're in, like, we don't talk about um, COVID anymore because it doesn't happen. It's not a real thing. It's not real. It's not a real thing. 
It's there's been 19 of these. We solved the other 18. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we solve on, this 19? 19 and 20 is right around the corner, right? So yeah. So Angela, yeah, I feel like this is fine. a good place. And episode 146 of the Double Density Podcast. Before we do that, though, a couple of things to note: you can uh, find us on doubledensity.net. Uh, you know, all of the most recent episodes are right there for your listening pleasure. You can also find out how to subscribe to us. Um, though you can just open up your podcast app and look us up. You can also find us over on social media. So firstly, Twitter double underscore density double density podcast on. Instagram, as well as you can find Angelo and I on Twitter. So I'm Brian with an I hasty. Angelo is Angelo Furin. So if you feel like faxing him directly, you can go ahead and ask for his fax number right on Twitter. Do it. Oh, you might be opening the floodgates, buddy. No, I hardly even check Twitter anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. I sent you a tweet on the 30th. You haven't answered that. But hey, that's okay. That's fine. I saw the email that you sent it to me. Then I tried to go in and I wasn't logged in. So it didn't matter. I don't even have the app anymore on my phone. Oh, great. Uh, well, this is just so much fun. I can't wait to talk to you about uh, a lot more things. Angela, tune in next episode as we hack into more venerable institutions and gain somewhat useless video game related trivia. Can't wait for that. See you then. Bye. They pilot. They pilot an airplane. Up an airplane. <laughs> uh. <laughs>